Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, May 11th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. It looks like gold might log its first weekly gain in four weeks. Gold was down earlier, but rallied Thursday after inflation came in lower than expected, and there was also some weakening in the dollar. As I record this podcast, gold is trading at 1324.40, silver is at 1688, and the silver gold ratio stands at 78.66. The consumer price index rose 0.2% in April. The increase was weaker than expected. Analysts were projecting a 0.3% rise. Monthly core inflation, which strips out volatile food and energy costs, rose 0.1%. Economists were expecting to see a 0.2% rise in price pressures. Annually, core inflation increased 2.1%, slightly above the Federal Reserve's 2% target. I'm going to talk a little bit more about inflation here in just a minute. So this week has been pretty much status quo. Gold is still range-bound between 1300 and 1360. The news cycle pushes it up and down, but there really doesn't seem to be anything on the horizon to break it out of that range. It's going to take something significant, I think. So anyway, back to inflation. The Federal Open Market Committee met last week and made an interesting comment that indicates it may be willing to tolerate higher inflation. And I talked a little bit about this last week, but I want to get into it deeper right now. In a statement, the FOMC said inflation on a 12-month basis is expected to run near the committee's symmetric 2% objective over the medium term. So what's with this symmetric business? Well, it was basically a hint, a hint that the Fed is willing to let inflation creep up above the totally arbitrary and capricious 2% target. And you'll notice that the core inflation level is indeed just above that 2% target. So, quick disclaimer, I realize that inflation is actually much higher than these official numbers, just like growth is probably below the estimate. In fact, let me take a little bunny trail here for a minute. Peter Schiff cited an interesting index last week that underscores this point. It's called the Big Mac Index. An analyst actually took the GDP at the beginning of the recovery and divided it by the price of a Big Mac, and then he did the same with current GDP. According to that index, the U.S. economy is smaller today. It's worth fewer Big Macs. In other words, the price of a Big Mac has gone up a lot faster than U.S. GDP. Okay, so what? Well, a Big Mac gives you a pretty good estimate of the overall rate of inflation, right? It's not only incorporating the cost of its ingredients. It also factors in rent, utilities, wages, transportation costs, all the other expenses that go along with running a McDonald's. That means the inflation adjuster used to calculate GDP isn't nearly high enough. In other words, the official numbers are likely overstating GDP. As Peter said, the Big Mac doesn't lie. The price is the price. The cost of producing it is going up because the value of your money is going down. That's because we have inflation. So yes, inflation is almost certainly higher than the government numbers. But for the sake of argument, let's just go with it and look at this whole symmetric inflation thing. In a nutshell, up until this last meeting, the Fed was concerned there wasn't enough inflation. The goal was to get it up to that 2% target. Now the Fed says it's there and it may actually go above 2% and hey, they're okay with it. 
In other words, since we've had inflation below 2% for so long, we could theoretically have inflation the same amount above 2% for just as long, and everything would be fine because, well, it averages 2%. San Francisco Fed President John Williams came right out and said he was okay with inflation rising modestly above the 2% target, whatever the hell modestly means. So here's the question. How comfortable are you with your cost of living going up even faster? Are you okay with higher prices? Because that's really what this all means. These central bankers turn inflation into some kind of statistical wonky policy thing. But this is it has real impact on our daily lives. I don't know about y'all, but I can't afford prices to go up higher because these clowns want to play policy games. This talk of symmetrical inflation creates an excuse. The Fed now has a way to justify holding back on rate hikes and keeping the easy money spigot open. It's also good news for the corporate world, not to mention the government. Inflation is bad for lenders, but it's a boon for borrowers. Companies are leveraged up with debt, so higher inflation rates coupled with a less aggressive Fed is good news for equity traders. As I've been saying over and over on this podcast, the economy simply cannot handle higher interest rates. With talk of symmetrical inflation, the Federal Reserve now has an excuse to move forward on a more dovish path. In other news, gold demand in the technology sector marked its sixth straight quarterly gain. Overall, demand for gold in technology and industry increased 4% to 82 tons year-on-year in the first quarter of this year. Gold needed for the production of computers and electronics is the biggest driver of industrial demand. It grew 5% year-on-year to 65.3 tons in Q1 2018. Sustained demand for gold bonding wire, as well as for gold used in wireless and printed circuit boards, served as a primary driver. The amount of gold used in bonding wire increased by about 5% as memory chip makers expanded capacity. The biggest increase in demand for gold came in the wireless sector. The WGC, World Gold Council, estimates it increased between 20 and 30% year-on-year in the first quarter. The expansion of 5G networks is helping to drive this demand. Verizon plans to roll out a 5G, uh, 5G network to five U.S. cities this year. China, Japan, Taiwan, and South Korea have also announced plans to expand their 5G networks. Here's an interesting international tidbit for you. Back in August 2015, a photo of a man using a two-boulevard note as a napkin went viral. It vividly captured how rampant inflation had devalued the Venezuelan currency to a point of near worthlessness. So now fast forward two and a half years, and things have not gotten any better for Venezuelans. In fact, they've gotten significantly worse. Today, Venezuelans are better off holding video game money than boulevards. According to an article published in Fortune, World of Warcraft tokens are seven times more valuable than Venezuelan currency. I'll post an article in the show notes page with the math if you're interested in seeing how they came up with this figure. But just consider this. When the napkin photo went viral, the man's two boulevard napkin was worth about 32 cents based on the official exchange rate. Today, that makeshift food wrapper would be worth 0.000020 cents. Keep in mind, the official exchange rate doesn't represent real life. Dollars are worth even more on the black market, and most Venezuelans depend on barter and the black market to get by. Oh, the glories of socialism. Net inflows of gold into gold-backed ETFs hit the highest level in more than a year last month. 
Global-backed ETF holdings collectively added 72.2 tons of the yellow metal in April, according to data released by the World Gold Council. Overall, gold-backed ETFs increased their holdings to 2,481 tons, an estimated worth of $104.6 billion. Significant North American and European inflows drove overall growth in global holdings, supported by a small increase in Asian funds. Overall, globally, funds have recorded net inflows of gold in 2018. Inflows into ETFs over the last two years and continuing into 2018 reverse a three-year trend of outflows between 2013 and 2015. North American funds have accounted for the overwhelming majority, 54%, of gross global inflows this year. This is in marked contrast to tepid demand for physical gold in the U.S., Inflows of gold into ETFs are significant in their effect on the world gold market, pushing overall demand higher. ETFs are backed by physical gold held by the issuer and are traded on the market basically like stocks. They allow investors to play gold without having to buy full ounces of physical gold at spot price. Since their purchase is just a number in a computer, they can be traded uh, very easily pretty much whenever they want, even multiple times in the same day. Many speculative investors appreciate this liquidity. There are good reasons to invest in ETFs, but they are not a substitute for owning physical metal. If you want to learn more about the difference between ETFs and physical gold, talk to one of our Shift Gold Precious Metals specialists today. They can help you determine what investment strategy will work best for your particular situation. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. That's 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes for free. There's a link on the show notes page. Thank you for listening as always, and I will talk to you again next week.